What's up, church? I, I am gone for like two weeks, and then that's the response that I get? Thank you. How is everybody doing? I've missed you, believe it or not. I thought about you on a beach a lot. Uh, not really, but every now and then. I thought about you and, and prayed for you. Um, my wife and I, if you don't know, uh, we just were able to go on a, our 20-year uh, anniversary trip uh, down to Puerto Vallarta, and it was amazing. Uh, restful, good time together, experience uh, new cultures, go on adventures. It was beautiful. So I want to encourage you, uh, celebrate the mile markers in your life. Uh, sometimes these things come and go, and you're like, yeah, well, we got married, and we've been married for a while, or whatever. Celebrate it. It's something that should be celebrated. It's something that needs to be celebrated. So this is uh, giving one of the spouses permission to plan a huge trip for uh, the wedding couple. So um, we are going to be, I hope my friends uh, Remy and Kyle took good care of you while I was gone. Uh, It was fun to listen in and hear what they preached about. Uh, We are in our last series of How to Hear from God. And today we're going to be talking a little bit about scripture. And as always, uh, I want and am most concerned that we teach you how to do what we're talking about. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit, and then I'm going to lead us through an exercise uh, regarding scripture and prayer. Because after all, that's the whole point of the series, right? How do you hear from God? How do we, as Jesus followers, hear from God? I have a question for you. Uh, how many of you have heard from God through reading Scripture? Uh, like, like, I want you to think about it. You are reading Scripture, and you heard from God. Now, caveat, us Christians mean a lot of different things when we say hear from God. Uh, that could be... Uh, 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 a feeling inside, it could be a direct voice, it could be an audible voice, it could be somebody else coming up and, and giving a message to you or confirming something that you just read. There can be a lot of different things that we mean when we say, how do you hear from God? And I think that is beautiful. God chooses many different avenues and how to get our attention and how to speak to us. But I want you to think about it. And if you haven't written them down, I I want to encourage you to write them down. How has God spoken to you through Scripture? And maybe you're sitting here going, honestly, I've never read Scripture and had, I felt like God spoke to me. That's okay. Others in the room might go, I'm reading all the time and I'm, I'm feeling like God is speaking to me all the time. Others might go, man, it's been, it's been a while, but I do remember this one beautiful moment back 10 years ago when I was reading scripture and I heard God give direction for my life in what I was reading. What was that for you? And how did that steer your life? Maybe it's a career. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a life calling. What is that for you? I think back to times in my life when I was reading scripture. I was reading Ephesians when I was just out of college and trying to decide whether I wanted to go into ministry or not, church ministry. And I really didn't like the church at the time. 
I really thought the church was irrelevant. I really thought the church was damaging. I really thought the church was, I mean, you could go down the list of things that I thought the church was. And it was through reading in Ephesians and, and reading through that for a class that, that I felt God speak to me. And it was this, the church is my body. And my glory is going to show up through the church. And I really felt God speak to me and convict me that I should be more about helping the church grow and be healthy than I should be about being critical and standing on the outside and pointing fingers. Another time was when Emily and I were married. We were married uh, and we were having Bram, our second, and Emily was trying to decide whether to stay home or stay working. She was in a career as a school counselor and loving it, and, and we were feeling that tension, that tension of life is really busy. Uh, we have money, but we don't have a lot of time, and there's a crunch on our, our life, and do we want to keep living this way? And it was really through reading Ecclesiastes 4 that, that God spoke to us, and really for us, God led us to a place where we were supposed to sacrifice the income and the comfort so that Emily could invest in other places at home in raising our kids for a season. There was a season when through reading the book of Acts, I was preaching through it in my, uh, the church I was at and reading the book of Acts, and it was very clearly this conviction of planting a church that I had never had before. This conviction through reading scripture, you are to plant a church. And then about a year ago, there was this conviction, this correction in my life when I was reading about the words when Jesus was talking about being judgmental. And what happens when you are judgmental? And I realized that I was being judgmental towards myself rather than learning how to love myself. And it turns out through that, uh, I was... I was not experiencing what Jesus wanted me to experience in my life because I was too busy judging what he created. So what has it been for you? And if you can't think of anything, that is okay. It's a new opportunity for a new part of your journey. In this book, I'll pull from this book heavily today, How to Hear from God by Pete Gregg. If you haven't picked it up, we've been kind of walking through it. That's been the inspiration for the sermon series. I want to invite you to, to pick it up and read it. He has another one, How to Pray. Excellent books. Uh, there's a ton in there that you could just sit and, and learn from and wade into. But he says this, There are two particular skills that every single Christian needs to develop. Therefore, in order to hear God in and through the Holy Scriptures. First, we must learn to read the Bible with our heads in order to understand what is actually objectively being said. And the second, we must learn to read it with our hearts in order to experience God's voice through its pages. By carefully studying the Bible... We come to understand what its writers were originally saying. 
by prayerfully exploring it, we learn to discern what the Holy Spirit is saying to us now. It's important to do both. So, so I want to stop right there, pause. What have you grown up doing? I would venture to guess many of us come to the Bible with an understanding that we are reading it with our heads. That we are reading to understand. We are reading uh, to comprehend. We, uh, you might dig into the Greek. You might dig into the Hebrew. You might dig into the Jewish context and, and understand the culture and the context of what it's being written. And that is how it's supposed to be. As long as we don't leave out the heart. The heart that comes to Scripture and is spoken to by the Holy Spirit. By prayerfully exploring it, we discern what the Holy Spirit is saying to us now. It's important to do both. If I understand what the Bible means but never hear what it says to me personally, I have information without revelation. But conversely, if I disregard its original context and ignore the bits that I don't like or don't understand, I will be in grave danger of abusing God's word by confusing it with my own feelings, my own preference, and my own prejudices. I think it's such a beautiful quote. How do we move from reading scripture, learning, studying, understanding what is in the word and what is meant by the word? By studying the Greek, understanding the culture, uh, digging into the language, pulling apart these sentences, putting them back together, reading letters in whole context. How do we move from that type of study to letting the scriptures read us? Uh, One of my favorite theologians, Klein Snodgrass, would say that line all the time. It is important that we read Scripture. We study Scripture. It is our foundation. It is our root. It is very important. I don't know how else to say that. But it's equally as important to let Scripture read us. How do we let Scripture read us? How do we let Scripture analyze us rather than us always analyzing it? How do we let Scripture get into our minds, get into our hearts? How do we create space to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us, shape us, transform us through Scripture? Honestly, I think this is one of the things that's lacking the most is people that follow Jesus today. Right? Kyle talked about it last week. We're busy. We've got a lot going on. We're entertained constantly. We have community all over, but yet we have hardly any community at all. We're extremely lonely. We have jobs. We have families. We're running from thing to thing to thing. And we do that physically, but we also do that mentally. How do we carve space To allow the scriptures to read us. To allow the scriptures to correct us. To allow the scriptures to grow us, to mature us. 
one of the practices we did a few weeks ago was uh, called daily office. And I kind of walked you through that, what a daily office would look like. Uh, Traditionally, a daily office would be uh, you do it in the morning and you do it in the evening, the way to begin the day and the way to close the day. And you you begin daily office with a time of prayer and pause and kind of centering yourself. And then you read some scripture and spend some time praying. And then you spend some time in silence on either end of that, just listening for the Holy Spirit. Today, we're going to start a different practice, a similar one, but yet different. It's called Lectio Divina. And it's another way, another tool of reading Scripture and creating space and praying through Scripture rather than just studying it. It's a way to let Scripture read you. It's a way to let Scripture transform us. To get into our hearts, to get into our souls, to get into our minds. So we're going to walk through this a little bit, and then we're actually going to spend a few minutes practicing this. So that's where we're headed. Uh, This isn't going to be weird or anything like that. Uh, It's going to be normal. It's going to be easy. And my prayer is that even in this moment, you hear from the Holy Spirit through Scripture. So the first step of Lectio Divina is to pause. There's these promises throughout scripture. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you, James 4.8. Ask, seek, knock, and the door will be opened to you. There are these promises in scripture that when you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. I like to say it, we become more aware of his being near to us. Because God and the Holy Spirit are already near to us We just need some help clearing the clutter so we can see it. So we pause. Many spiritual disciplines begin this way. A way of just stopping, acknowledging that God is God and I am who I am. Be still and know that I am God. Uh, There was a rabbi that said this 1,500 years ago. I'm so glad things have changed. We do not see things as they are. We see things as we are. He was right. If we hurry into the holy without preparing our hearts, we will see things not as they are, but as we are. We will come to the scriptures frenetically and functionally projecting our own self-conscious preconditions on the text carrying with us whatever emotional and psychological baggage we have accumulated that day. So we pause. See, we can't remove these preconceptions entirely, but we certainly can reduce the distractions, the distortions significantly. We can quiet our minds and our hearts. We can push away the wild animals of the day. And just be still in front of Jesus. Be still as his son and as his daughter. Pause. What does that look like? I mean, for me... It looks like just sitting down on the couch with my morning coffee. 
And sometimes I need to set a timer. One minute, go. And I just sit. And there are times when I just say, I say Jesus, Jesus, Jesus over and over and over again because I need to focus on something because the interruptions are that great. There are times when the interruptions come in and and go right out. There are times when the interruptions are there for a purpose and God is using them to teach me or show me something. So the first step is to pause. Be still and know that I am God. The next step is to read and reflect. And the whole thing with Lectio Divina is you read the same chunk of scriptures through multiple times. And so usually it's two to three times. Today we'll do two. But you read through a chunk of scripture. And the first time you read through it, it's just simply to become acquainted with the scripture. It's to just read it and realize what it says. It's not to study it. It's not to sit and go, I wonder what this Greek word means. I wonder what he's saying by this. It's just to simply read it and take it in. So you read it. You observe what's there. You get an idea for it. You get familiar with it. And one author said, when the table is then set, you get to come back and feast. (laughs) I love that. When is the last time you ever thought praying and reading scripture in terms of feasting? It's what we call it, right? We're getting fed. Martin Luther says this, we should meditate not only in your heart, but also externally, reading and rereading with diligent attention and reflection so that you may see what the Holy Spirit means by them. So you read it through one time and get, get used to the verse. You kind of understand what's going on. You understand the characters, the storyline. And then you pause again. And then you read it again. And maybe you ask questions like, Jesus, what's in here for me? Jesus, what do you want me to notice? Jesus, what do you want me to see? What character do I identify the most with? Jesus, how are you speaking to me? How are you encouraging me? How are you guiding me? How are you correcting me? Through this passage. So you pause, you read and meditate. And then the next step is you ask. Uh, in his book, The Circle Maker, Mark Batterson gives some great advice in the way that you, pr- you pray and the way that you read the Bible. Prayer was never meant to be a monologue. It was meant to be a dialogue. Excuse me. Think of Scripture as God's part of the script. Prayer is our part. Scripture is God's way of initiating conversation Prayer is our response. The paradigm shift happens when you realize that the Bible isn't meant to be read through, but the Bible is meant to be prayed through. If you pray through it, you will never run out of things to talk about. And the beautiful thing is, as you read through the scriptures, as you interact with the scriptures, there are a ton of different types of prayer. Tons of different types of conversation. There's repentance prayers. 
that moment when you're convicted by something and you know that you're reading this and it's bringing correction and growth into your life. There's repentance prayers. When you repent and turn back to Jesus. There's confession prayers. When you just confess the struggles and what's going on in your life. And God listens. How cool is that? There's rejoicing prayers. There's prayers of thankfulness. There's prayers of asking for needs for yourself called prayers of petition. There's also intercession and intercessionary prayers where you are praying on the behalf of someone else. There's all sorts of ways to pray and have conversation with God throughout the scriptures. I think sometimes when we get stuck in one way, it's because we're not reading and prayerfully reading through the scriptures because as you read through the scriptures, they will direct you in all sorts of ways. Take intercession, for example. There's more. Intercession means praying for other people. And it's more than just silently praying for them. The Bible leaves us no doubt that about the power and necessity of specific, defiant, expectant, fervent, miracle-making, intercessory prayers. For some examples, Exodus 17, 8 through 16, Acts 4, 23 through 31. So we pause, we read and meditate, and then we ask out of what we are reading and meditating about. And then the last step is simply to yield. And that's simply ending with silence and taking to heart whatever it is that God showed you. All right, we ready to practice? You excited? (laughs) Oh, we need to work on this. Uh, So here's what I want you to do I want you to get comfortable. Uh, Do your best just to get in a comfortable position. Uh, Maybe you want to sit with your hands uh, open like this. It's it's kind of a a universal symbol of of openness and accepting. Uh, Maybe you want to close your eyes. Maybe you want to read along with the scripture that will be up on the screen. Uh, But I want to begin where you are just comfortable. Do your best to either ignore or embrace the sniffling of the person next to you. Uh, Do your best to just focus and be present to Jesus. So take a little bit of time. I'll lead us and start reading when it's time for the pause to be over. But just sit and pause. And maybe you want to say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is a way to focus on him. Maybe you want to say, come Holy Spirit. And just invite the Holy Spirit in. He's already here. He's already working. But invite him into your life. Become aware of how he's working.
I'll read for the first time our scripture. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, Lord answered, You are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. I'll read it again. And this time the question moves to, Jesus, what are you showing me? What are you revealing? As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care? And my sister has left me to do the work 
by myself. Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things. But only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better. And it will be not be taken from her. Spend a few moments asking, conversing with God about these verses. As the worship team comes up, I'll close us in prayer. Jesus, Holy Spirit, these are sacred moments where we sit with your text and we hear for your still, small voice. Sometimes that voice is loud. Sometimes that voice is just a whisper. We sit in your presence and we ask for you to speak to us to guide us, to encourage us, to correct us. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. And your loving guidance. We thank you, Father. In your name we pray. Amen.